0: if I needed to be riled up, I'd be riled up right now, Connie. That was awesome. Thank you. So every month, I look at these words and I think, oh, this is the best one. This one is really important. And I know I come in and I say that to you every month. This one is really important. This one is really important. This power thing It's a really important thing in the world that we live in. How we use it, how other people use it, what we think it is. It's an interesting, interesting, important topic in our life. So Charles Fillmore placed the power of power where the throat, where the back of the root of the tongue meets the throat. And one of the most interesting pieces about the 12 powers, powers for me is the placement. Why did he choose these places? It's totally not random, is it? I mean, if we go backwards and go back through where we've seen every power, each one has made perfect, strength, a perfect f- sense to us. Everyone. And this one is no different. A lot happens right here at the back of the tongue. and. On the surface, I thought, well, yeah, because we use our words. Back of the tongue has nothing to do with that. We make all the sounds with our mouth and our the front of our tongue. Well, it has to do with tasting life. That all happens at the front of the tongue, too. This place is where we open the throat. It's where we allow our breath to come in. We can't breathe without this connection. It's, it's where our Our lungs become full, and it's an allowing, but it's also a requirement, isn't it? So we can do without a lot of things, but we can't do without breathing. Try it. Go ahead. (laughs) You can't for more than just a few seconds, and you can't do without power for more than just a few seconds. How many of you have ever felt powerless? How many of you know what your superpower is? couple of you. (laughs) We're going to talk about superpowers next week. What really, what is the power that you put into force? But today we're going to talk about what power is, about what it is that makes us feel powerless, how we give our power away and how we claim it back, and what its value and purpose is in the world. So breath is very important to your sense of power. And I just want you to to shallow your breath for just a moment just notice if you can just breathe from the very top of your lungs how powerful do you feel not very right if somebody came in and decided to attack you right now could you respond well no because you wouldn't have oxygen oxygenating your brain so you could think clearly if you kept doing this for a while you'd get go ahead breathe regular now (laughs) oh yeah make it breathe regular (laughs) <laughs> if you kept doing this for a while you would get lightheaded your brain would not get enough nourishment your it that oxygenation of your blood affects everything in your body doesn't it so now breathe nice and deep and fill your lungs and you notice what it does it kind of relaxes you doesn't it brings your your shoulders down on your neck a little bit Makes you feel a little bit more comfortable and solid in your body. When we breathe deep, we become more powerful. We become more aware of our physical form. And power is not an idea out there. Some of these things in June, we'll talk about imagination. That's a little less tangible. But power is a physical presence in our body. We know when we're in our power and when we're not. Our body tells us. So using our breath to be able to get in our body is an important connection to our power. And later this month, I'm going to sneak Connie out from behind the Clavinova because Connie actually teaches breathwork. How do you breathe correctly? What is it that you should do if you wanted to be in the best state of breathing? And I'm going to get her to give us a few hints a little later this month on how we can, can breathe better so that we can exercise our power a little bit more in the world. Mr. Webster says that power is the ability to do or to have influence. That makes sense, right? It's pretty simple. The ability, I have the power to do something, or I have the ability to influence someone or influence what they're doing. Not too bad. There are a lot of different kinds of power that we have. So, for example, we have what I'll call legitimate power. Legitimate power is when you've studied to do something. So if you're a plumber, you have legitimate power in plumbing. You have trained power. You know what to do. You're, you're educated in that field. And when someone calls you, they're expecting you to use your power, your power of plumbing. You, we have... Coercive power, when we subtly, subtly affect someone else, but not right out front. We don't want to necessarily tell them. You might even call it manipulative power. Anybody ever met someone with manipulative power? Yeah. Sometimes it's not so subtle, is it? We have intimidating power. I'll be bigger and louder and stronger and stand more firm than anybody else until I get my way. We have spiritual power. When we're confident in our God place and in the rightness of what we're doing in the world, there are a lot of different kinds of power. We have the power of being our unique self, that there is no one else who can tell us how we feel or what we believe or how to think. There are a lot of people that try. And oftentimes they're successful because we give away our power. And we give away our power in some really unique ways. We give away our power every time we say, I can't do that. There's nothing I can do about it. You're right. If you decided there's nothing you can do about it, you, are, you can absolutely take comfort in your righteousness <laughs> Because if you believe there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can do. And when we state that in the world, do we have power or not? It feels very powerless, doesn't it? There's nothing I can do. There is always, always something. You may not be able to influence the other person or the circumstance, but there is always something you can do for yourself. And the greatest power we exercise when it comes to our influence is to influence ourselves. In our story today, the master and the student were walking together and the tiger came up behind them. And the the student was practicing self-discipline, learning to consider what the choices were rather than simply darting away to protect himself. And we saw the master go into a place of meditation and connection with all things. Sometimes the answer is... Let the walls that are your ego down and connect to what's going on around you. Allow something more to come to you and allow yourself to be more a part of something that's happening. Sometimes the answer, instead of saying is, I can't do anything about it, is to say, what can I do? Sometimes it's just a slight change of question from confident comment to question, that allows us to feel our power again. Because the question, how can I or what can I, turns the brain in a different direction, doesn't it? Into the realm of possibility rather than limitation. Another way that we give away our power is through blame. That's one of the most powerful ways that we give away our power. It's all your fault. Celine. it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Do I have any power now? I could be really big and intimidating. It's all your fault. Do I have any power now? None. If I cast fault somewhere else, I have no power to do anything except wait. How will that other person respond? When you hear yourself use the word fault, it's a big, big, it should set off fireworks in your brain. The word fault means you just gave away your power. Whatever just happened, it's that guy's fault. Now you have to wait and see what that guy is going to do. That's very different than acknowledging that an incident has happened and choosing how you want to be in that moment. Would I like to, am I feeling angry? Am I feeling hurt? How am I feeling? When I'm busy telling you it's your fault, I can't tell you how I feel. I'm waiting for you to make it right. I'm not asking you to communicate with me. I'm not trying to find a way to resolve. I am imposing my power on you and giving it away. And this is an important thing to talk about because it happens subtly. It happens so very easily. happened to me this morning. It was something that happened here. And I, I knew exactly what I was going to talk about today. And I walked in and immediately went into a fault conversation. And it isn't anybody's fault. <laughs> It isn't about fault. Life is not about fault. Life is about learning together and growing together and making choices together and interacting with one another and bringing our love and our oneness into play with all that we do. Really looking for the Christ-centered self, the Buddhic heart. the Whatever you want to call that name of God is fine with me, but the God, the goddess, the all that is, the I am that is in each of us That we get, when we go to fault, we can't see that. When we go to fault, we're no longer communicating with that part of the world. We're communicating from ego. And that doesn't bring us peace. So when we hear in the story that the master came to stillness and allowed himself to go into oneness to the level that the tiger felt it, that their spirits connected through the field of oneness that we are, and he no longer wanted to attack. There's an important metaphor in there for us in our interactions with people. When someone is at you and you're able to come to a place of centered peace, you give them a place to experience that. You welcome them into a new resonance field, don't you? into a new possibility. Are they going to be able to just jump right in it? Probably not. Some of it will depend on how you started your conversation and how much fault you threw at them first thing. But wherever you are in the conversation, if you can bring yourself back to stillness, your power is in your self-centeredness. Your power is in breathing deep into your form, allowing this place that Mr. Fillmore identified to serve you because it's not random. When you look for your power, you look for your breath. When you've, In the moment that you know, I feel intimidated, I feel powerless, I feel like I can do nothing. This is why, why we study this because these tools make a difference. They're not just a nice thing to talk about. They're something we can really use to make life easier. So first, we go to our power center here. And we remind ourselves to breathe deeply into our body again. To find ourselves in our form. And to follow ourselves to our heart space. And then to begin to open into the conversation in a different way. Claiming power is not about playing catch. It's your fault. No, it's my fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's my fault. How many of you have had that argument? Right? It's a ping pong game, isn't it? Nothing gets resolved in that ping pong game. Everybody walks away angry and nothing gets resolved. When we move ourselves out of blame, out of shame, out of fault into our personal sense of power and we breathe and come to a centered place, we can ask ourselves some important questions. What meaning am I attaching to this particular thing that just happened? What is getting triggered for me? What do I really want to have happen? Most of us really, truly do not want the other person to say, oh my God, I'm scum of the earth. I'm so sorry. That's really not what we're looking for, most of the time what we're looking for from the other person is understanding and some agreement that this won't happen again. I won't do that again. I'm sorry about that. Thank you for pointing it out to me and letting me see that it was a problem. That's generally where we're trying to get to. And when we honor each other's power and we stay stable in our interactions, find ourselves in the field of oneness that we are, we can work together powerful, important stuff, isn't it? On a personal level, this is really important stuff because it has to do with how you communicate with your children, with how you communicate with your boss, with how you communicate with the lady in the grocery store or the guy on the freeway that cut you off. It has to do with how we position ourselves in relation to our government, in relation to our religion, in relation to world issues. Our ability to feel powerful, one of the most Powerless times in our life is when there is a terrible crisis in our world. We lose children in a school, and we feel powerless to do anything, but we can do something, can't we? When we we walk away from I can't do to what can I do at the very minimum, and it's so powerful, we can come to our center and we can pray. We can assist those people who are miles and miles away from us by envisioning an outcome that soothes their hearts and helps them go on. And when we're busy being mad at whoever did whatever they did, we can't do it. We don't know why there are perpetrators in the world. We don't know what broke them, what happened to make them how they are. We can speculate and waste a lot of time grousing about it. But in reality, what we're able to do when we put all of that down is come to a peaceful place and envision a different kind of world and hold a different kind of energy and feed divine mind with something different. Feed mass consciousness with something different. This happens on our side. You know, we think of our side and then the divine mind side. It's really one field, isn't it? So if you sit in the silence and you begin to come to your balanced place and you allow your consciousness to free itself, at first you get monkey mind. You get all the chatter from your mind and then all the chatter from the mass consciousness mind. But there's a place just past that that is divine consciousness that is so restful and peaceful and whole-making. And when we are busy in blame, how we get back to center is we go there. We remember that the little lessons that we're going through, and I don't mean that to to deny the power of them in your life, but we remember that we're engaged in something together. As As a world, we are transforming. We are emerging in a new way as humanity and we emerge in a new way when each of us in our individual self emerges in a new way then mass consciousness begins to change and this is not speculation there's lots and lots and lots of evidence put a group in a city and have them meditate the crime rate and the murder rate goes down lots of important things happen measurable things so, when you feel like you're powerless and you feel like that one little incident that's going on in your life is only happening to you, I promise you it's not. We're in this together. We are one spirit, one connected through our divine identity. And we do this work to master, to master our self, our power to discipline how we use our mind and our thoughts and our emotions because we're doing something, we're engaged in a great work. Next week, we're going to talk about what's your superpower. So I want you to think about this during the week. I want you to think about several things. First of all, I want you to notice your breath. Notice when you breathe freely and when you don't. Sometimes I forget to breathe. I don't know if that happens to any of you, but I have a gasping, you know, suddenly I feel myself go... And I realize I'm at the computer typing something and I have forgotten to breathe. <laughs> you know, very, my mind is very engaged when that happens. You may find that you also have some time when you feel your breath come up. And when you do, notice it and ask yourself, what was going on that I forgot to breathe? How engaged was I and how, did, how much had I separated from life? Notice when you use your breath to calm yourself down. Be aware of it. Do it consciously. Notice this week when you feel powerless or powerful and how it changes, what makes you feel each way because this work is really your work and my work individually. What I mean by that is we can spend an hour together every Sunday for the next 22 years and if if it doesn't go out the door and become part of what you're doing, if you don't ask yourself these questions and live into this, you know, Mr. Filmer said you have to do something. Not doing is not enough. Just thinking is not enough. Take this. It's a tool. And look at it this week, because next week when we talk about superpowers, it will mean something different to you because you've been in expo- exploration. You are welcome to wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> you can put a big letter on your chest and tell us what your superpower is. I want to know how the world identifies you as the superhero you are. What is your superpower that everybody knows? And if they don't know it, how are you going to let them know what your superpower is? It's important. So think about this as you're going through the week. I have a couple quotes for you that you can also think about. In the Tao Te Ching... These words are written, Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself is true power. J.G. Holland said, Calmness is the cradle in which power rests. J.K. Rowling in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows says, Perhaps those who are best suited to power are those who have never sought it. Those who have leadership thrust upon them. And take up the mantle because they must, and find, to their own surprise, that they wear it well. In Havelock Ellis's The Dance of Life, there's a quote that is accredited to Napoleon Bonaparte. And I don't know if it's a real quote or if it's, a, uh, if it's part of the story, but the quote is really good. Bonaparte says, I love power. But it is as an artist that I love it. I love it as a musician loves his his violin to draw out its sounds and chords and its harmonies.